Hey guys, what's up? It's Crystal, and we're back with episode 7 of the podcast. So, as you all know, America has been torn with the uprising of ongoing racism and social injustice. So today, I have my roommate, line sister, and my best friend to have the conversation. It starts in the heart and then in the home, and we must discuss the importance of having knowledge and dedicating time to self-education. So, hey, Vera, what's up? How are you doing? Hi, I'm Thankful to be here, ready to have this conversation. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. We've been having this conversation day after day on our own, in our rooms, shopping, going to the grocery store, um, exercising. And I just found it would be nice to bring it to this platform since we are using all of our platforms right now to spread awareness and education. And that's where I wanted to focus today. Um, I do value your opinion, your values, and your beliefs, and I think it's important for others to hear that as well and understand that just like um, we're taking a break from today from my typical podcast that I normally make with my episodes and having that discussion here organically with the listeners, and I want them to see that this conversation can be had, you know? Um, I know one of the topics is self-education that's been going around on Instagram for, per se and Twitter, and I wanted to know your view on the situation at hand right now. Yeah, so it's definitely, well, a uprising, a revolution, whatever term you want to call it, is definitely something America has never before seen. Um, I think we are finally standing up and fighting for what we believe in. We are tired of asking. We are tired of sitting by and just letting things happen to us that don't make sense or that we know is wrong, that we know that other people know is wrong. So it's just a matter of coming together and saying, hey, like this is not okay. We're tired of watching all of this stuff happen to us and we're now going to do something about it. And I am very proud of my community for just being unified for the first time in a very long time. And I think it's a very pivotal point in our history. And it's not even just our community. I think this is the first time in a while that we've actually seen other nationalities and races join forces with us in a more, in a more, I would say, upfront presence, not more so behind the scenes. It's like showing like, hey, I support this. I stand for this. It's human, you know, equality. It's human rights. So I think that's really important to see that as well. Um, one thing we were talking about the other day that I was kind of fascinated by was the topic of COVID and how this plays a part with everything that's going on. And I wanted you to share your piece on what you had to say about why you think this is happening during COVID. Yes. So a lot of people are wondering why this particular incident, the death of George Floyd, the murder of George Floyd has sparked such an uprising. And I really think it's just the ending of a long-term domino effect we have endured so many things and in each time it's a it's a standing point it's a domino and as the dominoes are knocked down it's hard for how do i put this into words it's hard for us to idly sit by and just watch all of our effort be taken for granted. Everything that we have done for this country, everything that we continue to do for this country, everything that this country steals from us and has built on our back, of course. And then we don't get, we never get anything out of it. It's always an underlying piece. So this is the... This is the effects of what happens when you constantly oppress a nation, constantly oppress a people, constantly oppress 
certain people based on certain things. Um, the thing with being in the house during COVID-19, being shut in and around your family and around and having access to social media constantly, it definitely provided a platform for everybody to see this happening all at the same time. And everybody was able to get on social media and comment at the same time. People were watching this unfold at At the the very same same time. And I think that we were organized. We were put into a position to be organized and we didn't even realize it. That's why I think this is kind of bigger than us. We are helping ourselves so that you know, God help this, helps those who help themselves. I think we have been helping ourselves and right. that God is now moving into our community and saying and putting his hands in different places. And and I just want to talk about God really quickly, not to get on a tangent, but I just really need to say this. I feel that, and this is my personal belief, I feel, I feel that God, God is misinterpreted by a lot of people. God is misinterpreted to be this um, being that is all about love and light and peace and happiness. And yes, he wants that for us. And yes, I think that is a goal or something that is important to him. However, it is very, very ignorant to not think that God is not a God of war. God is not a God of jealousy. God is not a God of conviction. He has led his people into battle. He has rained down fire and brimstone upon cities for committing sins. I'm trying to figure out what's the difference in Sodom and Gomorrah in America. I don't, I don't think there's that much difference where we would look at God and say, well, God wants us to be peaceful and happy and, and love one another. Yeah. But at what cost is that before we have dealt with the wound of America? Is that before we have dealt with what is our injuries, you know? And I, I think I gave you this analogy the other day, um, that America is a gushing wound and before, Everybody knows in healthcare or just random first aid, before you can do anything to the wound, you must apply pressure, pressure right. to stop the, the gushing of the blood right. so that you can further clean it. So do you feel like America is getting that pressure right now that we that we were overdue with needing? Yeah, we were definitely a, a pot. <laughs> what do you call those pots? You know what I'm talking about? Um a pressure, a pressure cooker. Oh, <laughs> somebody just left it plugged in and on for way too long, right. and it was just a matter of time. It just took one, one little shift in pressure or shift in oxygen, shift in community, which would be a murder or, or COVID. You it know, just took something, took something <laughs> to spark a revolution. And would you say that you know, um, with your analogy of applying pressure, so now you feel like this moment right now that we're in, we're applying pressure. And it just hurts. Is that what you're saying? Even the, are, are, would you say that the people are just hurting? Obviously, our black community, but even the other communities. You know, the majority, quote unquote, that we like to say, 
do you feel like they're just hurting because that pressure is being applied and it's causing, not only has COVID already caused us to look inward at ourselves, we've already had to sit in a time period where you have to face yourself, you have to face others, you have to face your circumstances. Now I feel like the force is being moved, not just focus on you. Now you need to face other people's circumstances as well that you join union with every single day. Or that you directly cause, definitely. Exactly. I think that the oppressive, I try to say oppressive community because I don't, there's definitely, um, we we like to say white and black, but I have to remember it's that it's more than just that. And Correct. there's oppressors of other races that exactly. may seem like an ally that are not allies. So mm-hmm. I'm talking about all oppressive people. We're talking about people who are racist, right. people who are Bigots. the oppressors. Correct. So these people are definitely feeling the pain of the pressure because they are having to, like you said, look within themselves. They're feeling the guilt. They're feeling, you know, the pressure to look within themselves. But I also, if we were talking about this um, last week, like we originally (laughs) planned, I would have only talked about pressure. But now... As I continue to look on social media, I'm starting to see the cleaning of the wound. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is we have applied pressure and now we have some of our political leaders starting to do a little bit of cleaning. Mm -hmm. I have seen races voted out of um, some uh, electoral seats. Mm -hmm. You see uh, there was a first black mayor in Ferguson. We are starting to see the cleansing and the purging. There was a statue taken down recently of a... Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was a white supremacist. I don't right. know if KKK, what, whatever he was, but white supremacist. We're starting to see the cleansing. My concern is that it is not, it needs not be temporary. Everybody knows that with a deep wound, it takes constant care over mm-hmm. months and months and months, maybe years, years correct. for it to completely heal. I think that we have a history of applying pressure, cleaning then, the wound, and then quickly stitching it up, but then the never reopens, taking right. or gets infected. Correct. And what do you think, you know, with this analogy going now that we have it, the infection, what do you think that is? That is that would be the results that we're facing now from previous things. I think we are right now in the infection of previous wounds that have been applied pressure. Right. Correct. I think the civil rights movement, they did a great job, but we should have looked at long term effects and we should have looked at both sides of making a, de- a decision. And that's something we need to look back and really study before moving forward this time. I think then. They they apply pressure and they try to clean the wound and they stitched it up, but it, it didn't, didn't hit. It didn't take, and we it definitely um, was inf- infectious towards the wound, and we are definitely now that experiencing that. And see, my take on this is that, like with that analogy, you're stitching it up. It didn't take, correct? But sometimes I feel like when we have that wound and when we're caring for it. We have to, when something is healing, when someone is sick and and they're trying to get better, you know, they always say, like, even with prescriptions, take all of it. Even when you think you feel better, keep taking it. Right. Correct? Same idea applies to this situation. I'm going to bring up political leadership. Right when you think you're on the verge of change and right when you think you're on the verge of doing something greater, you always know the devil's around and the devil's near. Right. So we have to protect. The same thing with our energy. It, it, it applies to all aspects of our life. We have to protect that. So if this is our wound, we need to protect this wound until it is completely 
healed. And even then that might take time, but it takes a community. It takes all of us to protect this wound. And I feel like one thing is like when you're doing something with protection, um, when you're trying to heal, you always have what? A leader. Who is that leader? A doctor. Same thing in this. We need political leadership in our Black community. We need someone to watch over this wound that is trying to heal, to make sure it is not being messed with, to make sure that we are moving in the right direction. Are we taking the right supplements, quote unquote? Are we taking the right medication? Are we doing things naturally? Are we doing things organically? Do we have the staff, meaning the people underneath? Do we have the support, meaning people at home when you're sick, the right. people who are taking care of you, right. the people in our houses, the people who support those the leaders, system. the system as a whole? Is it working? So with this wound and applying pressure and when we watch this wound heal, I feel like it's really important right now. We're in that stage of trying to apply that pressure to heal we need people. And I think right now we're, we're gathering a staff and that's what's happening. But we need people to be aware first that this is a wound. Right. This is something. This is something that can be infectious. This is something that needs to be taken care of. You know, And people need to realize that it will not happen overnight. It's not something that's going to heal overnight. This, the, the, to fix the repercussions of systematic racism would at least take as many years as it's taken to happen. But that's that's being a realist, not an optimist. You know, right. if we're talking optimism, which I think that black people have a history of always overachieving, you <laughs> know, yeah. so I don't I'm not saying that it would take us that long. I'm just saying that's like normal. It takes as long to fix as it did to ruin. But. It depends on at the rate of that person, though, right? Right, because and and we need to have an organized plan, and we can't we can't be microwave generation for once in our lives. Everything can't come quick generation. and end quick. Yes, that's what we expect. Everything though. comes quick and ends quick. This I'm I'm really concerned about keeping the momentum. I don't know if we have the stamina that our ancestors had. I don't know if we have it. I think we have we have the anger. We have the audacity. We have more of a... It's funny because now that you're saying that, you know, you're looking online and, and listening to other people, they say, oh, we're not our we're not our ancestors. You know, our generation, we're not. In so you know? many ways. And so many, even my father, he told me, you know, Crystal, I'm really proud of you, you know, for speaking up and saying this. And I'm like, dad, like, what do you mean? That's the least I can do. Right. Like, and I'm thinking like, wow. So back in your generation, like it, it obviously times have changed. Things were different. Tables have turned. But that is a big jump. So right. we have a voice. We're not afraid to use our voice. We're not afraid to be on the front line. But it's it's after that. It's now what? Right. I'm 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 worried about. I want people to first first of all educate yourselves on the history of your people or the history of our people if you're not black. Um, also, you need to figure out where you stand on your ideals. Right. What do you hold near? Is it the healthcare system? Is it justice? Sometimes we can maybe not tackle the whole monster, but then look at the monster, look at the monster in pieces. Like, okay, if you get the leg, then I got the arm, then you got the stomach and you got the eye. If we all hit him at the same time, poof, then he down, you <laughs> yeah. know, sometimes we, we don't organize. We yeah. try to take on the whole monster by ourselves and we, and we can't, can't do that. You have to have, that's why. And you know, one of my devotionals was speaking about leadership and you know, I'm all big about leadership and making sure that I'm self-educating myself. And one thing in leadership is we need different types of leaders. Not everyone can be the same leader. So, you know, some people, if you feel like you're not the one who's going to be on the front line, you're good in the background, 
then be in the background, but do something, you right. know, we need leadership in all directions. You need healthcare. You need the black community to be strong in our healthcare system. We need those PAs. We need those doctors. We need nurses. We need anything that you feel like you're not being self-sufficient or efficient enough in that field. You are just because you are not, you know, just going off of it's like micro and macro. We need your micro workers, but you need your macro workers as well because right. the micro work doesn't mean anything if the macro people can't ex exploit it out to right. everyone, you know? And then the macro work doesn't mean anything because you need that micro work to even use your voice to say anything. So it all plays a part, you know? And I think that that's something important with leadership that we have to realize that there's not one direct path that we need to focus on. Like you said, there's multiple and if we can all focus, those educators focusing, do what your God-given talent is to do in the education system. Work on, you can still work on things for civil rights, for things of that nature in your system. It plays a big part because every system connects at the end. You know, healthcare, criminal justice, that's the system we're looking at right now. But I want people to realize the criminal justice system is just one system. Right. You know, that's there's multiple systems that still need to be fixed, but this is our focus right now. Right. But like you said, don't lose that momentum. So we need to keep this for everything else as well. Because we should maybe tackle uh, one thing at a time. Now that could be a whole nother discussion, a discussion or yeah. strategic pe uh, planning with people who are actually more educated than I am because I don't think I know everything. But the one thing I will that I do know is that black people have a problem with leadership. And this is why it's it's not necessarily our fault, but it's the it's both sides of the coin as with everything seems right. like but we had leaders mm -hmm. we had people who were standing up for our community they our were community solely solely let's get that correct because a lot of people like to talk about barack obama but that he was our nation's leader that right. was national leadership he was somebody that brought everybody together we're talking about black community leaders who were fighting for the progression of black people correct they were assassinated <laughs> so it makes it kind of in a way like, like, almost like cursed ground. Like, if I uh, um, rise to that occasion, mm -hmm. that could be me. So I think there's fear. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of divisiveness within the Black community. For some reason, we feel like if you don't agree with everything that I think, then there's no way I could ever support your cause. And see, and that comes to what we were talking about yesterday, and that comes with communication. I don't think, you know, even our nation, I mean, look at our president. We don't have effective communication right. and we all know even we like to focus on our relationships but it goes so much deeper than that communication is key we don't know how to properly hold a conversation with someone who has opposing views and to you know actually have um actually be humble i should say i blame the school system for that because our generation has a lack of communication skills period no matter what color you that's are that's true and i wonder if that's not um you know done for a reason sometimes we look at things and we overlook them as being that's just the way stuff is but we need but to everything know that has motive everything has cause sometimes yeah. people in power do place specific things in place for a reason that's true um it's just sad though because without that communication you'll never know how to agree to disagree right and you'll never and i don't i don't think this is one of those instances that's not what i'm saying in this case and in, in our black community and, and the racism everything that's going on i don't think this is a moment to agree to disagree as far as what's happening right but as far as views and standpoints because you and i believe in the same thing but you'll make a view and i'll have a view 
and it might be different, but we're able to see where each other, where we're coming from and right. have a common ground of, okay, if these are our views, how can we use both of them to make a better system? Right. We need to be able to have those conversations where it's not uncomfortable, where you can just talk about things and it's taken and and you're able to think about that and regurgitate an answer, you know? That's, a, that's important too with the media because the media will try to control what is going on or just put out stuff and not even realize that it will control the conversation. For instance, I think I <laughs> yeah. think a good conversation that I was having with my dad, he he really wanted to have a conversation with me about this and I told him I don't want to talk about this with you because we're not going to agree. He has different views than I have. He's an older, you know, person they have just you know, their generational things that they believe, oh, they, they should have been evolved. They have some, some, some yeah, ideas they just haven't, haven't evolved. evolved. From. I okay. think they should be looting and rioting and that's wrong and they need to go home, blah, blah, blah. I said, Dad, regardless of all of that, let's just, that doesn't, it matters, but not really. That's not really the issue here. Right. Let's talk about why they're even out there on the street in the first but place. Why are y'all not think addressing about the why? It's because yes. it's the why, but it's, it's because the why is a hard why. Right. You know what I mean? They don't want to address it. We'd rather address what y'all are doing to disturb the peace than what is actually disturbing the peace. And while people are out in the street looting and writing, because there there went five days without any address from leadership. That's so true. therefore the, he was just like, do what you want to do. And then and then now he comes out and says, I will actively deploy the active military into the states. Like you're gonna put active duty members to your own to state act on American <laughs> soil like and I I believe him oh we all do <laughs> no some people are saying that he doesn't have the power to do that which there may be laws in place where oh he does gosh. not but well sis wake up because the other day he turned the lights off at the lighthouse I mean I don't I don't know I just feel like how many people how many people are bought how many people are in his pocket how many people are you know and we could go on for days with this and and he has definitely overstepped his boundaries so many times. And even the people who have power that are against him, who may have put him in office. We're talking about Trump, by the way. Yes. I feel like we, we know because we yeah, have that chemistry. Know. But yeah, we are talking, speaking of Trump in this matter. If you, there's so many people who maybe used to agree used to agree with him and now don't agree with him and are in a position of power. I'm trying to figure out where the Republican Party is is at in this matter. What are they doing? <laughs> I, I just feel that, like they're just silent. And you know what? And I think that's where a lot of people are torn when it comes to um, the voting and election. I feel like people are just trying to understand first what we know what's going on. So that's not even a, a topic. But where do others stand, you know, with not just our... our um, our political, I quote unquote, leaders, not ours in black community, but as a nation, but even celebrities, you know, because we now look at them as the new political leaders, unfortunately. And they're looking like, what do you mean? Where do I stand? I'm a human just like you. I just create and I I give out. You know what I mean? Like they don't they don't have an obligation, but they should use their platform. But not everyone thinks like you and I, not everyone's has that hum humane empathy for people. And that's unfortunate. But that's that's not where our attention should be. Right. You know, so you're right. You're absolutely right. It's like we're trying to figure out where does everyone stand to even make the proper next move. Right. And that's something I've definitely just been 
looking at myself because even I've been torn on a few things. I'm torn about how I feel about celebrities because I think they can use their platform for good. But sometimes that only works if they're saying with you what you agree. Exactly. And I've also challenged their innate feelings. Right. And I've also challenged how I feel about people who are saying what what I don't agree with and them having a platform as well. I think it comes it becomes uh, is it divisive is it is it educate is it educated what they're saying or should they just shut up i think some people just need to know that they're not educated on the situation they don't have anybody's best interest at heart they're only talking for their own purposes so they should just shut up or they're just talking because they're being pressured by their fans or pressured by others to to speak and i don't i don't and that's and that's on our People need to stop looking for celebrities to speak out for them. You need to look to people who are educated. We don't value education. We value clout. That's a big problem in our generation. That's so true. And, and that's why I can never, as much as I am young, I do not identify with a lot of things our generation does. Oh, me neither. That's why we get along. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, why we're here. Some stuff, I'm just, I just don't see. We, we're a take it and run. We're my, like you said, we're a microwave generation. We're a take it and run. Now, I will say we, our generation is more confident when it comes to speaking up about what we feel. But then I question, is what we feel how we really feel or is what I feel how you feel? Right. Because right? we're constantly looking at other people to have our so, own ideas right. and different things like that. I especially feel like when you don't, half of y'all don't even know. Let me stop. but with self-education that's what we're saying guys self-education is really important um one thing that you know I was thinking about is that it's been really hard because I have um a lot of people who how do I put this I have a lot of friends of multiple nationalities obviously we all do and you know it gets kind of awkward with those moments where we all don't Oh, <laughs> well, you know what I mean? For the, for, well, for the majority, we're pretty much diverse in our friendships. Um, but I feel like, you know, with my white friends, um, you know, I don't want to view them all. I don't view all white people as racist. You know, that would be ignorant of me to say that. And, but I do want my listeners on this platform to understand that if you're not doing something, you know, I, I guess I'm getting at white privilege right now. It really bothers me to say that um, if you're not doing something, if you're not sticking up for what you know is true and what you believe in, I question why, if you're my friend or why, you know, why are we even in relations with one another? Because I am black. I grew up in a predominantly white school, predominantly white town, small town, and beautiful people but at the same time, I am black. I am not considered, I am not your white black friend. I am your black friend mm-hmm. who speaks properly and who likes to educate herself. That does not make me better than my own kind. My own kind is that as well. You just don't see them as that. So do you see me? No. And and I think when we talk about seeing, I, I'm a bit radical because I've done a lot of deep education about the psychological effects on the black and the white community because right. of slavery, because of Jim Crow, because of civil rights movement, because of all these things that have happened. And I feel, I feel, I feel mm-hmm. that it is impossible to, to get a hold of your own white privilege or to 
look at your own white privilege and acknowledge black people if you don't acknowledge the biases and the bigotry and the racism that is underlying that That's is true. in your heart or behind the conscious it's it in the subconscious in the heart. it starts within yourself it's, so when people say i'm not racist it's like how do you know that did you even take the time to look within yourself to see because if you they really don't are? want the negative connotation but right now if you were to tell me crystal i that was racist you're a racist it's not me coming at you like some you know if if the pages were turned or the coin was flipped it wouldn't be someone coming at me trying to just give me a derogatory name or try to talk me down, they're telling me how they feel. You right. know, self-reflection, it's like, okay, maybe something I said or some of my beliefs are, but I just feel like the the oppressive side, they don't like to look at that. They don't want to look at what am I saying? It's just, I know that you're wrong and I'm not that because you don't want to be labeled as something, but it's not about you. It's about the matter at hand and what people are going through. So, you know, I think that just brings me back to the topic of self-education again. That seems like that resonates the most with me throughout this whole um, episode. I just keep seeing that word um, being brought up also across multiple platforms. And it's just something that's important for our community. Something that we need to value more of is education. Not saying that we don't, but we can't see the value in something that isn't giving us the results of the things that were promised behind the value of it. Does that make sense? So we need to make sure that our people understand the value, <clears throat> excuse me, of education and our education. And um, I just wanted to ask, what do you think some ways um, what do you think are some ways for our community to better self-educate ourselves as the Black community? Well, first, there always has to be a willingness to learn. If you don't have the willingness to learn, then it doesn't really matter what is given or you have access to because you won't touch it and you won't look at it. So we need to have a willingness to learn and the common sense to know that we don't know everything and that in order for us to progress, we need to look at our history. But we also need to know that most things that are true in our effect are not directly given to us as exactly. a black community. We have to look further into what is being said to us. Right. And I think that we need to heavily lean on our black authors, mm -hmm. heavily lean on the people who have written what are those things like op-eds, mm -hmm. written journals, written all these different things to know what's really going on in our community because they have that personal experience. They have just their like personal having. testimonies. Those testimonies are coming from our community, from our, our history, our personal history. I get that. Um, not coming from, you know, uh, another race, you know, because we kind of tend to read things based off of what other races have written about us. And it's a little biased, you know? Right. Definitely biased. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask again, what do you think about as far as um, self-education? What about with our economy? Don't you think we should practice having um, supporting our black owned businesses more and supporting each other more so we can learn different strategies and tools within our community and things that our parents and our other generations have brought, you know, given, I would say given to us, because most of the time they're, I would say bought or brought, but they're given. They give it to us because they want us to have something. And I feel like that's something we kind of lack with supporting each other on. Right. Um, I think the the conversation has shifted now from us just having Black-owned businesses. It was a more of a, let's everybody start a Black-owned business. Let's yeah. have entrepreneurship, blah, 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 Correct. blah, which is great. I think we have seen 
black business boom in the last five years. It was not like this. It really wasn't. It's right. like great. It's great. But now we need to actually shop <laughs> at the black <laughs> yeah. business that we encouraged Correct. people to have. And that means letting go of these other businesses. Because that if we you're deemed to be important or deemed to be of clout. Right. Because the, th- the truth of the matter is, if you're getting your toothpaste from one store, you're not going to go to the other store and buy your toothpaste from there too. Right. So in order... To really support yeah. black mi- businesses, we have to let go of the norm. We have to let go of what we are raised and constant are constantly doing. For instance, like buying your essentials online, like a toothbrush, mm-hmm. like toothpaste, like soap online from a black business. And we have the availability and that's right. the thing now. So now it's like we don't have the excuse. It's just a more of switching over. Sometimes and learning about it. And it's a convenience factor because it's easy to run to the store and just get something really quickly. But if we're going to be intentional about our spending, mm-hmm. then we need to be intentional and plan for that. You know, how we're going to spend. If that means ordering soap before you run out, then you should order your soap before you run out and not wait until you you use the last drop and then drive to the store and pick some up. That's right. We have to be intentional with helping our community and it not just make it a um, temporary project. Right. Because that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of this being a temporary project. I'm afraid of people who, um, you know, are the oppressors. They're coming, you know, now we're getting more people to come around, but I'm afraid of them dropping the issue, you know, when, when, you know, there's always heat and there's fire and then the fire dies, but I don't want this fire to die. Right. And that's going to be on the backs of the black community. That is one thing that we're going to make sure that we need to make sure that is happening and that is that we continue to push the conversation and c- continue to demand things for our community. We cannot expect another community to constantly want things for us that we don't want or push for for, for ourselves. ourselves. So right. I think that everybody should really look at what they're doing right now. Are you donating? Are you protesting? Are you talking? Are you are you doing something? And for those who are doing something, how is that going to be playing out in three months? How right. is that going to be playing out in six months? How are you going to still be contributing in a year? Because this conversation cannot end if, even if these cops get convicted. Yeah, even if they get all sent to jail and and they all get convictions and they're all put on trial, even if that happens, the conversation cannot stop. We cannot stop demanding what our community needs because it's deeper than that. I feel like, and I don't want it to be a cycle where every time something tragic happens, which is almost every day, right? But every time that there's something tragic happens, we have this uproar. And then we die down. Right. And then we have an uproar. This roar needs to continue until things change. And not even until things change. Like we talked about the wound earlier. It needs to always have our protective barriers around. All the communities have protective barriers. It may not be the best in their communities as far as other races, but they've built a system that works for them. And I feel like because we were not we were not given the opportunity to continue to build our own system, we we were brought from a system that was working for us and brought here to work under someone else's system. Right. And that has our community torn and confused. We need to rebuild right. our own system. And it's going to be hard. The hard things will always be hard. But I mean, that we can't focus on what that feels like we have to focus on what we're doing because every if that's the case you know you talk about athletes like going to college and and get 
working for scholarships, people who are doing um, educational scholarships. All of those things are hard. We look at the lighter things in the world. So social movement is hard. Justice is hard. Should it be? No. And I feel like people like to throw that in our face. Well, we should just all love one another. It should be easy. It's not. It's those not. are hard. Those, these <laughs> conversations that's are hard. That's your perception of, of what heart. it should and be. And that's privilege. And that's all going back in another circle. circle. Yeah. One thing, one radical thing that I, I kind of toy with in my mind that most people might not agree with me on, but um, going back to that wound analogy, it reminded me of another analogy that I um, recently heard. It's the fact that when you're sick, just it, and it applies so well now. Whoo, Jesus. <laughs> when you're sick, you are to pull yourself away from those that are healthy. Mm -hmm. And quarantine that I heard and I heard this about when I was in college, I want to say maybe two or three years ago. And it really stuck with me when you when you're sick, let them know you pull your you pull yourself away and you quarantine. You stay away from healthy people because you don't want to expose them to what's happening because you don't want to get them sick. Correct. So. And, and with COVID happening, we know that all too well. And it kind of happened to the community, which I talked about, which I felt like was the spark of all of this. Mm -hmm. The black community quarantined themselves. It just happened all at one, one time. time. But we really mm -hmm. should do that in every way. We should quarantine our education system. We should or, uh, quarantine our economic system. We should quarantine us and pull away a little bit from the the norm and really focus and really try to help our body heal. We cannot heal in the presence of the infection. Yeah, you can't heal in the The oppression is the infection. We cannot heal in the presence of it. We need to pull ourselves away from what we have constantly been doing, which is spending money in their community, supporting the laws that they say that we have to support instead of demanding Working, our own. And you know what? It's funny. And getting laid off from all these businesses people are crying about but let's really think about that's god's kind of blessing that's because, why i said this COVID thing yeah because now you're being pulled away from you know yeah of course bad things happen obviously as a result of you losing your job but to the effect a bad thing as far as something so um monetary and something so materialistic as money clothes shoes and you know food you can finesse but or are you looking at the greater good well this is pulling you away from humanity that is not really acting like humanity right, right now, right. you know? That's a very good analogy, and that's a really good point that you made, you know, quarantining ourselves away. It's not, we like I said earlier, we're, we're quarantining ourselves, but now we're quarantining from the, the problem. Yeah, Black people need to really look at and address the things that they value and ask themselves, is it going to be beneficial or detrimental to our community? And if you care about the benefits of your community, then you will change what you value. And that's just point blank period. And holding each other accountable yes. for those things as well. And we're all guilty. I'm guilty. I definitely go to the store and buy a Colgate toothbrush. You know right. what I'm saying? I definitely go to the store and buy um, Nivea soap or go to Ross and buy whatever type whatever of body cream have, or whatever. Yeah. But it's about being intentional. And I have challenged myself. I'm like, okay, after this, what are you going to do? And I'm like, okay, what can I do that I'm not already doing? I've already educated myself to a certain extent. I can continue education. But if you know anything about learning, it's continuous. That means it will always continue. But with education, also with speaking, you have to have action. So you're right. So what are, like, that's a personal goal you make for yourself. 
And I just don't want us to get so caught up into holding other people accountable for certain goals or looking for other people to do something when we all make a difference in what we do, mm-hmm. you know? So that's a really good point. Um, I think it's important for us to realize that it's great that we have social media. That's a great platform for all of us to stay alert and aware. It's a great way for all of us to support our Black-owned businesses and to support one another and to spread awareness and to have education and to learn and to evolve. But also, you can't take away the footwork and the groundwork that's to be put in. Um, We still have a lot of work to do that doesn't that you can't even touch on social media right and that comes with the political system as well and the economic system and and having using your power as far as voting and different things like that um the one thing i will say a drink, you said you wanted to drop, drop a gem i think that the black community should challenge our parties that we typically align with such as the well we're talking about the democratic party the democratic party should not feel like they already own our vote i'm not saying to vote for it for any particular person. I'm just saying that we need to demand more from our candidates and vote on the one who is has the best plan to put that into action. And if you're not if you're if you're not doing anything to support black people, then we should be applying pressure and making them have to because we have that power. We underestimate our power. The black community can really obviously change stuff look around and look and see what's going on i just feel like we're just so used to not placing demands and you know we're not we don't have as many we don't have candidates well, it's like because this. again going back to lack of education not even knowing that we can not even being aware of how politics but isn't that actually so sad work. we don't even realize you know well I'm, it's because we're not taught we're not taught that in the school system it's not even it's not even moralized and it it's just and we tend to do what our parents do. Whatever our parents do, that's what we do. But that's the generational gap. So, you know, I just want us all to come together and to realize that um, the purpose of this episode is not to say, you know, whose thoughts are right, whose feelings are right versus wrong. But I also want you all to realize that if you're not having these conversations, and you're also quarantined, what are you doing? I get you're signing a petition or I get you're protesting. We've all done those things. But conversation, words hold meaning. Conversation spreads like wildfire. You'll be surprised if what whatever you say, what someone can take from that and can learn, what can grow, what can evolve from that one thing you may say. Sometimes that's how writers write books. That's how Um, directors direct movies they have that one thing that sparks them and if conversation is not created there's no way that change can be formed right I also think that conversation forces you to have more education because if you're talking and you don't know what you're talking about people are going to call you out on it yeah (laughs) so if you also keep talking about the same same thing thing, then it seems as though you're shallow and you don't know what you're saying so it it forces you to really continuously educate yourself so i think we should touch on solutions a little bit um just going back to education is just so important y'all i know we keep talking about it but if you're talking about martin luther king you're talking about malcolm x and you've never actually about (laughs) and you're never actually read any of their stuff you never actually read any of their speeches in full you never actually seen any of their recorded um 
speeches or you don't you just you automatically accept these people because society tells you to not saying that you shouldn't because there definitely were intelligent people who knew exactly what they're talking about more than what just the surface is giving you understand it for yourself right you need to dig deeper and and then you'll find the dr joy degrees and you'll find minister louis farrakhan you'll find these different people that you can research um that can help propel your thinking about how you can benefit the black community i think a lot of times we have all this stuff that we say needs to happen like me and you are telling all these people what they should and shouldn't do but these people might listen and go but how mm-hmm. well if you if you listen to somebody they might just tell you how, how? the thing right. is you don't seek the education and we're just starting the conversation we're not giving the how you know we, right. we still seek that every day but right it and that's one thing with my my podcast. I always say, you know, people ask why do why you know why do you have a podcast? I'm like because we talk about stuff all the time. I love to talk. We're always talking, but we're never telling someone the how. And it may not be their how, but it may not it may be person B's how or person C's how, but it may not be be person D how. There's it it doesn't always. It's not a one shoe fits all, but it it can. It can definitely benefit everyone in some type of way, if that makes sense. Um, but everyone's reasoning is going to be different. So on this platform, it's to tell people the how. So um, I think that's important. And I feel like, you know, as a community, if we can come together, we've already discovered the what. We've already discovered when. We've already discovered who. It's more so now the how and the where. And will it be here? I don't know. So I just want to thank you all for listening. Um, you can definitely check out more about this podcast on she.speakscandor on Instagram or check out my Facebook with the same handle. I also want to let you all know I do have episodes every Monday. With everything going on right now, though, I have dedicated more time to personal needs in my community. So it has been a little jumbled. Um, I know this week it's been Wednesday, but I'm looking forward to speaking to you all next time, and thanks for listening. Bye.